Welcome to the Journal Hijabi podcast. I'm your host, Sirin, and here we're all about elevating the voices of hijabi women in mainstream media through authentic storytelling. Without further ado, let's begin the episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I never want to, like, speak in a tone of, accusing or bitterness or rudeness but rather in a way of open dialogue and searching for a sense of understanding of where this person is coming from and making the effort to educate and communicate the topics surrounding the hijab. For season two, I decided I wanted it to be more kind of just on the spot in the sense that I don't want it to be scripted. I don't want the questions to be pre-written and I kind of want to do more solo episodes. There is, like I was afraid of it at first because it's like, you just turn on the mic and then you speak. You don't even know what you're talking about. So you just pray that whatever you're saying sounds somewhat smart or makes sense. But that is what I decided to do. And that's honestly what I think, you know, that's what I listen to in podcasts. And that's how I wanted my podcast to be. Just unscripted, genuine, um, and just goes with the flow. So today I wanted to talk about empathy surrounding the hijab. Now, empathy is something that I consider my superpower. I am an empathetic person towards pretty much everything. I decided to combine those two things together, something that I'm passionate about and then something that is my superpower. And so combining those two things, which is empathy and the hijab really put a different perspective in the sense of how do you approach a hijabi. 
now when you sit down and really have a conversation about it, the best way to go about it is having empathy or being aware of how you approach the hijabi, what you say, and being genuine about it. So when I was a senior in university, which was literally like months ago, the newspaper at my university, one of the writers reached out and she told me if I wanted to do an opinion piece and become a community voices columnist, And so, of course, you know, I wanted to speak about the hijab. My university is very diverse. And, like, I really mean that. You know, you probably hear that term a lot. It's just thrown everywhere and around, diverse, diversity. But, no, if any university and, like, the people that live here or if you know me and you're listening to this, you know what I mean. Like, I'm not just throwing that word around. If there is any university... In the United States, it is UTA. So I am going to read the opinion piece that I wrote and kind of explain line by line. So I haven't read it um, since I posted it. So I wanted it to be just like a raw conversation and really dissect each sentence that I wrote. And I'll link it in the show notes. Let's begin. What does a hijabi really mean? This question is intensely personal for me since I have been a hijabi for nine years. Hijabis are already comfortable with who we are, but we're waiting on others to feel the same way. Some people approach us awkwardly or as if they are confronting us. So what do I mean by that? Hijabis are already comfortable with who we are. That was a continuous sentence and thought that was going through my mind when I was making this podcast is that we are, hijabis are already comfortable with who they are. And what I mean by that is, you know, we made the choice to wear the hijab. We wear it every day. And the hardships, I mean, this can really go like in many different ways, but the hardships that go through it as far as like approaching other people that may have a problem with it. And so what I was saying is that I'm comfortable with it, but in certain situations, another person may have a problem with it. But that's like not our problem is what I was just trying to say in that specific scenario. And so... Some people approach us awkwardly or as if they're confronting us. Um, Like I said, that can really go many different ways. But I've previously mentioned that, like, is that our fault or theirs? Like, them not knowing, like, what to ask hijabis. Should they even ask hijabis? I mean, are, are they interested? There's just, like, a lot of things in the air and yeah so I pretty much in this article I write in the end like steps like step by step how to approach hijabis using empathy comfortable way um and I 100% agree with it and I think that it should be the way so let's move on and then I say I'm not saying to avoid speaking to hijabis I'm saying Be empathetic and thoughtful in the way you approach a hijabi if you have a question. 
Understanding what the hijab is and how to approach hijabis is an important step in fostering an inclusive community at UTA, or in this sense, literally anywhere in the world. In the simplest terms, a hijabi is a Muslim woman or girl who wears the head covering called hijab. A hijab is the head covering and a hijabi is the woman who wears the head covering. I know at least one of you reading this has come across a hijabi on campus. About 38% of Muslim women in the U.S. wear the hijab in public at all times. You probably don't know how it feels as a hijabi to be the odd one out, especially in a classroom. You may not know the feeling of having to mentally prepare yourself each time before entering a classroom, or purposely choosing to sit in the back corner desk so no one points you out or always being fearful of what students or professors might ask or say to you. Even on days when I want to lay low or am not in the mood to deal with commentary, I feel like I'm being spotlighted. Since the hijab is expressed outwardly and visibly, hijabis have no control over how others might regard us. It's like the elephant in the room, but the elephant is my hijab. My favorite example was when a teacher directed the attention of the class toward me and asked, do you wear a gold medal under there? That encounter made me feel uncomfortable and out of place. As a student, the last thing you want is to be pointed out by the teacher and have the whole class staring at you. It's a feeling you have no control over. Now, going like that, I just got a flashback of when that really happened. Um, I was a junior in high school and I believe it was my history class I don't know if it was government or history you know in high school as a young woman who wears the hijab a Muslim woman I was quiet and shy um, I mean that's my personality but also wearing the hijab it, it it just forces you to kind of like stand out and I didn't like want to because my person personality wasn't like that and so I was always constantly like so afraid of being pointed out or asked a question not necessarily regarding well yes regarding my hijab but really like in general that was just me um and so one day we were just sitting our desks were just like put like into groups of like four and so the teacher would just walk around the classroom and and that's just how she would teach and and she would walk around you know my desk and was lecturing about something that really does not make sense about how symbols or like honored people wear them something like that and so she came up to me while she was lecturing in the middle of the class and said do you wear a golden medal under there? Like, what? What? Um, I am, I think I was like 17. Why would I wear, why, like, what? A golden medal under my hijab. Like, was she saying I just wake up in the morning and wear a, a, like a heavy golden medal under my hijab and come to school every day? For what? Like, I was just... Like, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm getting, like, so confused and angry. And, like, that made zero sense. But the point is that I'm saying is that 
she pointed me out and put me in an awkward situation and I don't even think I said anything. I kind of just like nodded and looked confused as I should. That's where I said in the article after that, my presence felt like a never ending public service announcement. And that was quoted by a hijabi journalist, Seba Ali, wrote in an article for the Washington Post. And being a hijabi feels exactly like that. A never ending public service announcement. Throughout the years, I have grown to see that as a good thing, as a positive thing, as an empowering thing, because I've gotten to gain more control over my hijab and the thoughts I have about it and the way that I carry myself. And so back then, I would say I felt It's not that I didn't, but I felt as if I didn't have the control of my hijab and the questions that I would get and how I perceive it. But now that I'm more comfortable with it and, you know, confident because it just it does take years of practice and really getting used to it. And so you'll start really seeing it as a compliment nowadays when people ask you about it. Another example is when a professor asked me how it felt to be judged all the time. She assumed that I could speak for all hijabis. Now this encounter happened probably last semester when I was in um, the last two semesters. I was at university and the class was called Diverse Populations. I never want to like speak in a tone of accusing or bitterness or rudeness but rather in a way of open dialogue and searching for a sense of understanding of where this person is coming from and making the effort to educate and communicate the topics surrounding the hijab and so this was one of them i was sitting front row in class as I always do and the professor asked me you know you must feel judged in that all the time and that was her personal opinion she thought or thinks that um you know hijabis are always being attacked and 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 this and that but the thing is it's like she said all hijabis that all of our experiences are equal, which is not true. You know, how could that be true? Because each hijabi has her own individual experience and hijab story. Not all of it is bad and not all of it is good. And so I stayed quiet for a little. Then I said, each hijabi has their own personal experiences, so I can't speak for them. So at this point of the article, I get into the three ways that A person can be empathetic when speaking with the hijabi. Number one, let her be in control of the conversation. I love that sentence. It is just like, it just feels right. It is right. You know, the hijab is so personal to a Muslim woman. And to let her guide that conversation just makes it way more comfortable and only good would come out of that. So number one, let her be in control of the conversation. If she wants to speak about her hijab, she will. Number two, 
If you have a question about her hijab, wait until after class to ask her. Most of the time, she would be happy to answer any questions about her hijab. Now, going back on that number two, to wait after class to ask her about the hijab. Why do I say that? Because personally, the questions that I have gotten, and you know, I wrote this article in a sense of being on campus in like a school environment, but it really applies to anywhere. So I would be sitting in the middle of the class, you know, someone for some reason just decides to blurt out to me across class, you know, questions about the hijab in front of everyone, you know, like it's just being put on the spot. And to me, no human being wants to feel that way. And like I said, you know, I'm not here to really call out anyone, but really just to address it and understand it more. Because, you know, that person genuinely probably wanted to know about the hijab and and questions about it and things like that. Um, But in front of a class is just not ideal because not only would I be answering to you, but I'm also answering to like 30 other people and the teacher. And so, yeah, wait after class or just wait until you can catch her maybe with her friends or alone. And then number three, the most important, have empathy. Empathy means stepping into another person's shoes and understanding or being aware of and being sensitive to the experience of others. Listening with empathy is an integral part of an inclusive culture, according to a Forbes article. Simply asking, Can I ask you a question about your hijab? Makes such a difference. An example of when I felt in control of a conversation about the hijab is a time in one of my social work classes. My social work professor created an open and comfortable dialogue where anyone who wanted to speak could choose to do so. I felt comfortable speaking because my professor created an open discussion. He was empathetic toward what anyone had to say and took the time to listen. That was one of the only times I ever spoke about my hijab in a classroom. This is what also led me to create Journal Hijabi, a podcast where I choose to speak about the hijab, my experiences, and how they empower me. The hijab doesn't always involve backlash or judgment. I'm proud of my hijab. In the end, All it takes is empathy in an open dialogue where you can choose whether or not you want to speak to foster a more inclusive community. Going over the three ways of approaching with the hijabi one more time. So one, let her be in control of the conversation. Two, if you have a question about her hijab, wait until after class to ask her or when she's with her friends, or when it's in a situation where she feels like she's not being put on the spot. And three, have empathy.
Thank you for tuning in and spending this time listening to this episode. If you could take one second to support this podcast by sharing it and leaving an honest review, it would mean so much to me and help us to reach many different audiences to spread our stories about the hijab. Until next time, never forget the power of being a hijabi. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thanks for reaching the end of the episode. We hope you learned something new about the women who wear the hijab. You can watch the recorded video of this episode on YouTube at Journal Hijabi. And be sure to follow our Instagram at Journal Hijabi to stay updated on all things hijabi and help spread our stories. Until next time, never forget the power of being a hijabi.